Father God, thank you. Thank you for today. Lord, thank you for the cold. Thank you for the change in seasons, God. Thank you, Lord, that your promises are just as true today as they were yesterday and the day before. Thank you, God, Lord, that your promises will be completed in the future. God, we love you. We know, God, that in this time of turmoil and chaos and craziness in our own country, that, God, you are on the throne and you are in full control. God, we love you. Thank you, Father, for loving us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. So we're finishing up this week, chapter three. It says session three in our books, talking about obeying the word of God. I just wanna do a quick review over this session of what we've learned and what we've taught, and then I will finish the last segment. The very first thing it said was in Psalms 119.89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your word is settled in heaven. And Psalms 119.11 says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So his word is settled not just here, but in heaven, in the courts of heaven, and we are to hide it in our hearts. We are to know it. We are to, as they say, eat, breathe it, live it. His word, it should be in our hearts, on our minds, on our tongues at all times so we may not sin against him. Though times and seasons change, those social customs, human opinions and philosophical viewpoints change, one thing never does, and that's the Word. That's the Word of God. It never changes no matter what. It doesn't matter who our president is, who our congressman is, are, who our congresswomen are, Senate, all that mess. It don't matter, because the fact is, is the Word of God never changes. And that is what we have to stake our claim on. Tara and I have talked about it more than you will ever know in the past two weeks. I want to say this just mind-blowing revelation. You either believe it or you don't. You either believe it or you don't. You're either going to trust God to take care of you or you don't. You're either going to trust God to heal you or you won't. There is no one or the other. You can't well, maybe God will heal me. If that's what you're thinking, he won't, because you're not allowing him. Make sense? And then we move on. And, and, and let me say this, I just, I just want to drive this point home one more time, and I know we have been hitting it hard. God's word is the, capital T, capital H, capital E. The one and only authority. That's it. His word is the authority. We got to know that. We got to know that it's true. Everything. Then we moved on to where it got difficult. It got a little difficult. Because now we have to talk about things that nobody really wants to talk about. Let's just be honest. Nobody wants to talk about the consequences of disobedience. 
We live in a world of grace, yes, but there are consequences to our sin, right? It's in the Word. We got to know this. Why do we need to know this? Because there are laws written in this Word that we need to abide by. Just like there are laws of the lands that we have to abide by, there's laws in the Word that we have to abide by. And we can't use the excuse, well, nobody told me. That doesn't work. Why? Because he did tell us. Because we just established what? That this is the word, correct? Holy, unfallible, authentic word. So if we believe that, then we also have to know that there are consequences when we disobey the word. Okay? (laughs) I wrote this down just a little bit ago. You know, if you're not a student of the word, you can fall easily into sin. And when you do so, you can't, (laughs) you can't, you can't say again, you can't say, well, God, I didn't know. You can't. And I know you're saying, John, you just said that because it's important. Because in our minds, we always want to explain things away, don't we? It's a human tendency. We want to explain it away. We really do. I do. John, why didn't you cut the grass? Well, Tara, I was busy. (laughs) She know better than that. I wasn't busy. I didn't feel like doing it when I got home from work. Why didn't I take the trash out? You know what I'm saying? Natural human instinct is to explain it away. We can't explain it away. We can't explain it away. Then we went into a section called Probing the Depths where we learned about the confrontation between Jesus and Satan. When we learned about Jesus was just baptized. He was just starting his ministry. And to just start his ministry, his reward was going into the desert, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and then being tempted by Satan. Isn't it interesting that a lot of times we as Christians, when we get a revelation, God's moving, then all of a sudden, bam, here comes the storm. And no matter how often it happens, we still question, God, why are you allowing this? The devil don't want you to succeed. He doesn't want you to work. He doesn't want you to follow after Christ. He does not want you to be on fire at all, does he? He doesn't want that. So when you take that step and you say, okay, God, I'm doing this thing. Expect to be hit. Jesus said himself, if I suffer, you will too. It's going to happen to us too. So now we know that, right? Now we know that once we make up in our minds that we're going to follow Christ, that we're going to be fought. So now we need to even more know the word. Jesus is our ultimate example. Satan tempted him. Yes, he tempted him. Elder Jeff and I have talked. The biggest thing that we as Christians we, me, 
as Christians forget, Jesus was fully man. Flesh, blood, bone, emotions. He was fully a man, but yet God. He still was hungry. Listen, if I can make it through a seven-day fast, life is going good, right? 40-day fast is what he just did. 40 days. Water. That's all he had. Jesus was tired. Emotionally, physically, he was weak. And after that is when the devil came, like he does to us. He's not going to attack you straight up as you get up out of the altar. You've had a great Sunday service. Man, you were charged. You're ready to roll. But maybe that service went a little late Sunday night. Right? Right? And we got to get up at 5.30 to go to work. Right? And maybe you make it in your truck or your car all the way to work and, and you're good. You're listening to praise music and everything's rolling. Then you open that door. Sometimes you don't even get to open the door. Sometimes you just pull up in the parking lot. <laughs> awesome. Right? Why? You're tired. It's 5.30 in the morning. You've got up. You just barely got a cup of coffee and you're trying to get to work. Right? Yeah, I'm being a little bit silly, but I'm being practical too. Because it's how it works. That's how life works. And the fact is, is that Jesus was tempted in every way, as are we. He was tired, he was beat down, and then he was tempted. But what did he know? The Word. Jesus knew the Word. Even when Satan himself tried to use the Word, but twist it and pervert it, Jesus said, no. No, sir. It is written with authority. And we had taught about how you have to be able to look the devil in the face, look your situation in the face, and with authority, not meekly, but with authority say, no, because it is written. I will live and not die. Right? With authority. Then we got in, <laughs> then we got in to be able to whew, get off our toes a little bit, right? Then we got to talking about trust God's goodness. Trust God's goodness. At times, God's commandments seem difficult or harsh, especially when we want to go our own way. The commandments are always designed to pr produce maximum fulfill fulfillment in our life. The root issue in relationship to God's word is trusting God's goodness. When we understand the fact that God is our loving heavenly father and always wants the best for us, then we can have total confidence that his word and his commandments are always for our best interest. Always. They're always. Yes, God is a God of authority, order, and judgment. Yes, 
But too many times we like to harp on that even, to, 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 to institute fear. And at that point, you're not serving God because you love him, you're serving him out of fear. Not a righteous, holy fear, but a, I better do this, I don't want to get struck by lightning, like I said last week, kind of a fear. But we serve a God of love and of goodness. The worship song says it like this. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Another song says he is a good, good father. A good, good father. Good father. But a good father is going to have rules to guide us the right way. A good father is not going to let us just go out here and run amok. A good father is going to lead us and guide us so that we can be successful in whatever we face to prepare us for the battles that come our way. That's a good father. And then we, after we talked about the goodness of God, then we learned that, hey, guess what? We can overcome the enemy. Yeah, he's nasty. Yes, he's mean. Yes, he doesn't play fair. All those bad things. We talked about last week, John 10.10. 10. Pastor Aaron reaffirmed it while he preached. John 10.10. 10. The devil does what? Comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. But we can overcome that. We can overcome that. Why? Because Jesus came that we may have what? Life and life more abundantly, right? We learned that last week. We learned that. And it's through our faith and obedience in the word of God that we gain this power. That's why it's so important, once again, to know the word, to not allow the devil to creep in and gain just a sliver, a micro sliver of access to your life. Because if he can gain access to your life in some insignificant way, he'll destroy it. Say, John, that's harsh, but it's true. <laughs> Speaking of harsh, it's funny because I made that post. I don't know if you saw it this, this, this week. And, and it, it, it was talking, it was just like the sign, right? It was a sign. And, and it said this. It said on the sign, let me get to it. It says, God, see, don't say God has been silent when your Bible has been closed. That's all it was. It's truth. Don't say God has been silent when your Bible has been closed. You know all the comments I got on that? Man, that's harsh. But true. Exactly. But it's true. We talked about last week. God has never moved from us. We are the ones that move from God. But if we keep the word open, how do I hear God? Reading his word. That's how you hear God. And if you keep your head in the word, you're going to overcome the enemy. Because he has promised us that. And what does the Bible say? 
God is not a God, God is not a man. Jesus is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, we believe it, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, right? Great song. That is truth that we have to live by. That is why we've been hammering know the word. Know the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Know the word. And then last week we got to talking about when we slip and fall. It's not a matter of if. Okay, let's just be honest. We are going to slip and fall. Not an excuse, but we will. It's going to happen. When we slip and fall, this is what jumped out to me. And actually, Tara was talking about this on the way home last week, and we've talked about it this week. When we slip and fall, our very atmosphere around us changes. Nobody, Caleb, don't have to go to God and say, hey, God, John over here screwed up. He done messed up, A.A. Ron. You know why? Because our atmosphere, when we stepped outside of that grace and covering of God, our atmosphere changed. He already knew. He already knew. The atmosphere changed. And whose fault was it? Mine. Because I chose to step away from God. It was my fault. It was my fault. And what we have to be careful of doing, we as humans, it is instinctly within us to want to cover it up. We want to cover it up. And we've been in Genesis, this whole chapter, talking about Adam and Eve. What did they do instantly? They tried to cover up their sin. They knew they were naked. They tried to cover it up. And as we talked last week, <laughs> they tried to use fig leaves to piece them together and cover themselves. When I looked up fig leaves, they're small. They're porous. So in their effort to cover their sin, they didn't cover anything. They didn't cover anything. How often times do we in our lives, when we do something wrong, do we try to cover up our own sin and just make a total mess out of it? A total mess out of it. Today, today, we want to talk about returning to intimacy with God. Returning to that intimacy. So instead of us trying to cover up our own sin and being separated because we've changed our atmosphere, we've, we've caused a divide between us and God. So instead of trying to cover it up, how about we return to the intimacy that we once had? How do we do that, John? Genesis 3.21 says, Also, for Adam and his wife, the Lord made tunics of skin and clothed them. So let's just take a second and think about that. Tunics of skin. So, whenever you skin a deer, whenever you do these things, right? The tunic of skin is a solid covering piece, right? It's not porous, it's solid. 
It's solid. It's not like a leaf that is pliable and frail. It's solid. And as the tanning process goes along, it does what? It does nothing but get stronger and becomes more solid. Unlike a leaf that will break and wither and fly away. Everybody understanding me with that, that analogy there? Here we see that God provided a covering for them through the sacrifice of an innocent animal. An innocent animal. The sacrifice of an innocent animal was the foreshadowing of what? The blood covenant, right? It's a foreshadowing of the blood covenant. God was covering the nakedness and sin of Adam and Eve through a substitutionary sacrifice. It's important to know this. Some would say this is basic, but it's cool. Basic sometimes is cool, okay? Sometimes we need to get back to the basics. Man, good for him song back in the day, showing my age. Some of y'all are probably like, for him, who's that? Great song, look it up, you'll like it. But only God can undo the power of sin. That's it, only God. Not you, not me. We can't cover our sin and undo it. We can't do that, but yet we still try. Only God can cover our sin. Only God. And as he would later do through the blood of Jesus permanently. Adam and Eve's disobedience to the word of God allowed Satan to gain dominion over humankind and cause death and destruction to enter the human race. However, however, I'm thankful for a however. Because God began a plan to restore humankind's dominion over the planet through the blood of the covenant. Through the blood of the covenant. And we see in Romans, write these verses down because I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get through all of them. In Romans, Romans chapter five, verses 12 through 21. Romans chapter five, verses 12 through 21. This passage of scripture completely sums up the entire chapter that we've been studying in the word of God. Or, or, or I'm saying, obeying the word of God in, in the book. It says this, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. That's very interesting right there. The type of one who is to come. One came that brought death, but then there was another who came to bring life. Adam and Jesus, the comparison, is right there together. Verse 15, but, thankful for a B-U-T, but in the Bible, the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many die through one man's 
trespass or one man's sin, much more have the grace of God and the free, the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Justification. For if, because of one man's trespass or sin, death reigned through that one man much more will though, I'm sorry, that death reigned through that one man. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, verse 18, as one trespass led to the condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but we should all learn this one. Okay, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Why is it important to know the word and keep it in your heart? Why is it important to know the Old Testament and the New Testament? Because we see in the Old Testament where Adam sinned and brought sin and death and destruction, even though the law wasn't written until Moses. When you really dive into that passage of Scripture and break it down, you see that Adam brought sin. He brought sin and death in, but yet the law hadn't even been written yet. But he brought it in. But then Jesus came. Then Jesus came to bring life and life more abundantly. That is why we need to know the word. That is why we need to be in instant. Sorry, I'm messing that one up. That's why we have to be consistent in season and out of season. There it is. Sorry about that. Tongue tied. We've gotta be consistent in reading the word and knowing the word. We do not have an excuse for sinning. We don't. But when we do, there is grace to be had. So don't cover up your sin and think that you can hide it from an almighty God. Get it out in the open. God, forgive me, cleanse me. And allow him to cleanse you wash you white as snow, and then restore that relationship once again. 
not through works, lest any man should boast. Mm. That's why we need to know the word. Because all of a sudden, then all these little strings start tying together. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works. Adam and Eve tried works to cover their sin. Oh, that's so cool. But God was the one who had to do the work, not them. God's the one who has to do the work in your life. Allow him to do it. Allow him to do it. Father, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is a living, breathing word. God, thank you that you have given us a roadmap. God, thank you, Lord, that your yeses are yes and amen. Thank you, Lord, for your direction. Thank you, God, Lord, that you give us direction and rules to follow. And Father, when we fall and when we fail you, thank you, God, for grace in the blood. Lord, give us the courage to come to you and get that forgiveness. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, I pray that you'll bless the rest of this service today. Be with pastors Aaron and Amanda, God. We pray, Lord, that you will anoint them. And God, I pray that your Holy Ghost fire and power will be all in this room. I pray, Lord, that the conviction would fall in here today. God, that the greatest miracle sign and wonder will ever happen, and that is a soul coming to you and being saved. Father, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.